Ah, greetings, listener. Check out this scene. A tale of two maladjusted spellcasters and an anime teen. It's oops, all necromancers. Welcome back to the table, everyone. I am your DM, Oz the Great and Powerful, and with me at the table are Bug, Finny, Seder Druid, now officially a professional cool guy and ghost hunter. C, Madam L, half elf bard, fancy lady, and a medium, maybe. <laughs> and Bree, Sorindal, hobgoblin wizard, harboring dark thoughts. Fantastic. So let's recap what happened last time in Helvetir. Our trio were witness to a lover's spat turned violent, but convinced Lavinia to spare Tybalt. Unfortunately, the Skulk had a different idea and exsanguinated our dear Lordling. Finny's flaming fingers flambéed the Skulk, and Sorin shattered the shards with a spectral spell. Tybalt became fast friends with Finny thanks to the help of a well-placed charm person spell, while Soren and Madame L convinced the Spectre to move on to the afterlife, or at least an afterlife of sorts. After a quick second breakfast provided by the world's worst chef, Lavinia was sacrificed, and Duncan and the children returned to a quiet, if not completely whole, home. Finally, our brave adventurers returned to the Green Fairy and parted ways. Sorin, you're having the dream again. Once more in the middle of morning drill, your commanding officer, a stout half-giantess by the name of Kreia Rockcrush, Sergeant Major Rockcrush to you, calls out, Private Dahl, report to R&D on the double. At research and development, you're led to a sitting room, the receptionist letting you know that head arcanist Methtil will be with you shortly and to help yourself to some tea. Meftil arrives, as he has done hundreds, if not thousands of times, and your anxiety grows. What starts as pleasant, if awkward, small talk about your experience as rank-and-file military, quickly turns to talking about your family history, the results of your physical, and about how you're a prime candidate for a new program. Project Perpetual. Finally, the poison that you never expected in your tea, never from the ally, takes effect. The void seeps in at the edges of your vision, all-consuming. There's a flash of brightness, your hands and feet bound to the operating table. You can feel the cold steel rubbing at wrists and ankles. A gentle susurrus of chanting laps at the edge of perception. Looming above you, bone saw glinting in the cold lamplight, is a determined meftil. Mercifully, the darkness crashes back in moments before the bone saw makes contact with your chest. Finally. A vibrant, violet glow pushes through the deep morass of unconsciousness to reveal an empty operating theater. You stand at the center of a massive sigil marred by blood and gore, surrounded by near-unrecognizable corpses save for the twisted body of head arcanist Meftil. And in this moment, you realize something. Your heart's not beating. And then it beats. Once. And you see 
just briefly, the half-rotted face of its previous owner, eyes nothing but violet-green pinpricks of dancing flame, and he is cackling. And then you wake up. Soren, there is a gentle tapping at your window. Oh, uh, I, uh, puke. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you have a wastebasket nearby? Uh, yeah, um, I puke up a little bit of that good old classic, uh, spooky black bile. Mmm, tasty. Mm-hmm. The, uh, knocking continues. Okay. Tap, tap, um, tap, 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 tap. I probably also keep a bowl of water and, like, a washcloth um, on my nightstand, and I just, Mm -hmm. like, quickly wipe off my face, try to collect myself somewhat. Then I guess I go over to the window. Um, I guess I move the curtain aside Mm -hmm. uh, just a bit and try to take a peek out and see what's going on. There is an imp standing on the uh, outside windowsill, and he's just sort of tapping one foot and tapping on the window, and whenever you move it to the side... Uh, the hand that this imp was tapping with just sort of waves at you and then holds up a scroll in the other hand. Oh, fuck me. Um, so I lean down to the uh, frame of the window. Um, undrew uh, all four of the latches and then undo the chain and mm-hmm. uh, open you have the a window. chain on your window? Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah, I open it and let this imp in, I guess. Can I help you? Hell's below. Took you long enough. Uh, got a message for you. And he sort of tosses the scroll onto the floor and says, gotta go, and does a backflip out the window and flies away. Okay. I'm really sorely tempted to just leave the letter there, (laughs) but... Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a choice. Um, so I, I pick it up, um, mm-hmm. kind of sit back down on my bed and and open it. The basics of the letter is, hey, it's your boy, Torden. Come talk <laughs> to me. Come report. I'm interested. What's going on with Madame L? Okay. Uh, as soon as possible. Okay. A.K.A. you should have been there ten minutes ago. Yeah, I know. I know what this means. Okay. Um, I guess then I uh, set the letter back down, re-latch all the locks, and redo the chain on the window, and then uh, go down through the trap door. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I'm renting rooms in a like three-story, pretty run-down, fairly large house. Um, I imagine it's sort of, like, slanted a little bit, like it's in pretty desperate need of repair, Mm -hmm. like it used to be probably a very nice home, um, but has been left kind of derelict and not really cared for very well. I actually live and sleep in the attic, which is very sparse, but any actual personal belongings are stored in a heavily locked trunk, um... At the end of a cot, uh, there's just the one window um, covered by curtains, of course. And once you go down through the um, trap door, which is in the ceiling of my air quotes rooms, it's essentially like 
doctor's office waiting room vibes. Okay. Um, where it looks like someone lives here, but it's so generic that it's kind of, if you spent enough time here, you would start to notice that, like, there's no personality to any of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a set. Yeah. yeah. There's probably, like, a thin layer of dust on countertops, shit like that, where it's like, oh, no one's touched that in months, and they really probably would if they were living here. Yeah, and there's curtains on most of the windows, but any of the west-facing windows have large plants obscuring them. Sorry, where was I? Yeah, I guess I, I get prepared, um, make sure I got my glasses on my chain, tuck all my extra... Ooh, I don't know. Would I take my weapons with me? Hmm. Yes. Uh, make sure I've got all my daggers and my crossbow stored as per usual. Uh, probably triple check the locks. Uh, mm-hmm. Peek out the windows to make sure nobody's looking. And then, again, go, go, out, go out the fire escape down into the sort of wild, untamed back garden. And then jump over the wall. So, yeah. You make your way to the offices. Um, the... Receptionist seems to have been expecting you. Uh, of course she is. And goes ahead and sends you back. And there, sitting at his desk, is Torden Von Astor. Oh, I'm sweating so much. Uh, fingers steepled and says, Soren, why don't you go ahead and have a seat and fill me in on our topic of discussion? Uh, of course, um... Uh, Dark Lord, um, uh, door open or closed? Closed. Uh, yeah, I turn and shut the door. Um, then I guess I sit down very stiffly. Um, mm-hmm. do you have any particular, uh, line of inquiry you would like, um, to begin with, Dark Lord? Well, I'd like to know how the, um, operation went. Were you able to get into L's good graces? Um, good, I can't say, but she is tolerating me at the very least. Good, good. So, what did you get up to with Madame L? <clears throat> um, uh, I'm like sort of like fidgeting, um, like mm-hmm. picking at like my fingernails. <laughs> And probably mm-hmm. also, like, one of the armrests of the chair uh, that I am holding so tightly. <laughs> um, she appears to be um, selling her services as a, as a medium, um, as an individual who can speak with spirits and calm their emotions and banish them... Uh, from homes, um, though I don't, I suspect most of it is not real. Really? Y- yes, Stark Lord. Something of interest? She does have some, um, magical ability, Dark Lord, um, but nothing really of note. Um, it's primarily theatrics. Um, she is skilled enough to uh, fool the gentry, but under any significant scrutiny, her act falls apart. 
Good. Good. That's good news for the both of us. Uh, yes, Dorklord. You know, I... I think I may have rushed things between you and I. Uh... I mean, you barely even had a moment to read over the contract before you were signing it in blood, and I was under a positively immense amount of stress. Of course, Darklord. Perhaps I can get us some tea, and we can go over that contract again, hmm? If that is your preference, Darklord. Yes, of course. Do you take yours with sugar? Cream? A black will be fine. Thank you. Good, good. And he snaps a finger and an imp appears and he says, two T's, black. And the imp looks at him, then looks at you and goes, what's the deal with waterworks over there? And then disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Oz, you are fucking killing me. What? You're killing me. I'm dying and you're killing me. <laughs> Are you channeling your character's anxiety? <laughs> yes. As you guys are waiting for the tea to mm-hmm. presumably reappear, or not reappear, but appear in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, he reaches to a desk drawer on the left-hand side, pulls mm-hmm. it open, and pulls out your contract, which it was just a single sheet whenever you signed it, but this is, seems to be a fairly thick, like, leaflet, maybe 20 or so pages thick, roundabout. Mm-hmm. And he sets it down and goes, you can read Infernal, I assume. Uh, n- my apologies, uh, Dark Lord, that is not, um, a skill that I possess. Ah, no worries. Uh, give me just a moment. I think I have something that will assist in that matter. And he he walks over to a chest of drawers and uh, pulls out one seemingly at random and goes, Ah, yes, this will work. And he pulls out what seems like just a basic monocle, uh, the frame of which is made of some sort of silvery metal and sort of flicks it to you like a coin. It'd be... A just a dexterity check. Um, that is a three plus. <laughs> oh, let's take a red hot look at my dexterity here, guys. Is that a two? No, it's uh, that is a six total. Hmm. No, I think you sort of shakily paw at it, mm-hmm. and instead just sort of slap it onto the desk. Mm-hmm. And he goes. Maybe I was wrong about you, Mr. Doll. Anyway, please, go ahead and give it a read. Most gracious of you, uh, Dark Lord, th- thank you. Um, I, I guess, like, with shaking hands, I sort of, like, hold it up to, hold it up to my right eye, I guess? And am I allowed mm-hmm. to touch the contract? Can I, like, pick it up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, then I guess I hold the... Um, monocle up to my right eye and try to read this contract. Yeah, as you were looking at the contract, as soon as you put that monocle in front of your eye, mm-hmm. uh, you see a weird sort of mixed image, because presumably you haven't closed your left eye, mm-hmm. uh, where it's both written in Infernal and then also written in Common, and then okay. you close your left eye and you can read it just fine. Okay. 
The contract reads, I, the undersigned, do agree to act as an informant on the individual known as Madam L in perpetuity. Furthermore, I will not discuss such arrangements between a one Torden Vonestor and myself with said Madam L on pain of death by a heart pulverization. I do also hereby authorize Torden Vonestor as sole benefactor to any and all material wealth or estates I may own upon time of death. <laughs> Should I fail to report adequately or break this contract, I also authorize the use of my eternal soul in any of the various rituals listed in subsections A through G of this contract. And then uh, below the signature line, it it reads, From the desk of Cromulent Savast, Darkness Belial, Infernal Litigator of the Six. Uh, I'm flipping through to those subsections. Okay. Uh, you notice that the only contract is, in fact, the first page. Okay. Uh, subsections A through G contain multitudinous different rituals, some of the highlights including planar binding of a greater devil, multi-soul enshroudment, and the ritual of grim toffification, spheroid subtype. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a... You don't really understand the magic behind it, but the basis seems to be that it turns souls into candy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? Those are just the, so the subsections. Um... There's 20-some pages of different rituals your soul could be used in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, that seems pretty straightforward uh, once I'm through with the contract. I probably reread it several times mm -hmm. um, and try to commit it to memory. Um Midway through your reading, uh, the imp shows back up and sets down two cups of tea on saucers, mm. one in front of each of you. Mm. Uh, thank you. Um. The imp just sort of looks at you in a very confused way. Was I supposed to be like, fuck off, nerd? <laughs> no, it just sort of looks at you and then pops out of existence again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I set the, uh, the sort of, like, leaf of pages, uh, back down on, uh, Lord Vanistor's desk, um, I take off the monocle and, um, place it, I guess, off to the side, um, was, uh, very gracious of you, um, Dark Lord Vanistor, uh, can I roll a check to see if I am entitled to a copy by law? Uh, yeah, that'd be a history check. Okay. Also, it's Vanastor. Vanastor? What do I keep saying? Vanastor. Oh, sorry. No wonder it's he okay. hates me. I keep saying his name wrong. Uh, 11 on the dice plus 5. That is a 16 for history check. Um, you know between two individuals that normally form a contract? Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. I will say another thing. Uh, I know you only asked about a specific thing with it as far mm -hmm. as the history check, but mm -hmm. you did decent enough. Mm -hmm. It is typical just due to sort of the structure of Helveteer society mm -hmm. that somewhere in there, uh, whatever the contract is formed for, it includes a line about the contract being rendered void via destruction. Mm-hmm. Which means that if there was a copy, you'd have to destroy both copies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because that's kind of the culture of 
oh, well, if you're smart enough to figure out how to destroy this, then I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but was that included? That was not included. That in was this? not included. Okay. So that is another point you could try and discuss. Uh, Dark Lord, um, if I may, I do not mean to uh, overextend your um, graciousness, um, but I, I did have a few questions, if, if I may. Of course, Mr. Doll. Um, first, uh, would it be permissible, um, pending any potential uh, minor, of course, minor uh, changes to the language for me to uh, possess a... A copy of the contract for for my records? Of course, I see no problem with that. Oh, thank you. I'm honestly surprised you didn't ask for a copy the first time. Ah. Uh, and he smirks a little bit. I was um, quite surprised, Dark Lord. I did not uh, expect myself to be of, of any use to you. Um, secondly, there are a few... Uh, points um, that I would like to request some some minor changes. There are no uh, terms for um, completion, Dark Lord. Completion of what? The reporting on Madame L? The task, yes. Oh, that's covered under the part where it says in perpetuity. Uh, yes, sir. Um, uh, however... Well, how long do you think is proper, Soren. As long as your Dark Lord um, sees fit uh, to utilize me, of course. Let's say a year and a day. Does that sound fair? Yes, that is very gracious of you, Dark Lord, yes. And that would include language considering the, that the contract uh, legally complete and no longer valid at that point. Once it is completed in a year and a day? Of course. Of course. Um, and one last thing, Dark Lord. Um, I know it is typical, um, well, uh, two, two, thing, two last things. Um, I know it is typical for the language of, of contracts to contain a language about um, the contract being uh, void if all copies are destroyed. Ah, you've got a keen eye for Helveteer's Law there. Ah, uh, no, no, sir. Not, not at all. Should have went to work for Cromulence rather than myself, but of course, we'll make sure that there is an amendment including that as well. Of, of course, Dark Lord. Um, can I roll an insight check? He's being, like, too too forgiving on stuff. Can I, can Absolutely. I roll insight? Okay. Do it, do it. Um, so, 18 on a dice plus insight is a one, so 19. He seems to be just in a good mood today. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and seems to be generally on the up and up about what he's talking about. Okay. Um, one, <laughs> one last, uh, one last thing. Um, Dark Lord, I don't see any stipulations in the contract um, concerning what happens to my personal information once the contract is complete. Your 
personal information. Uh, y- y- yes, Dark Lord, you, um, you mentioned it when you first invited me to your office. Oh, oh, Mr. Soren, the only information I had on you is that you are from Nathraxil. But now that you've signed the contract, I don't need to uphold that illusion. I don't have information on you. All I have is a willing servant. And that is you. Fuck this guy. (laughs) Why don't I go ahead and send off those addendums to be signed by the Darkness Belial, and we'll get that contract signed, and you can be on your way. Now, you've barely touched your tea. Care for a toffee? And you see him gesture to a candy bowl that contains a good amount of spherical toffees, and he grabs one and pops it in his mouth, and he says they're devilishly delicious. (laughs) Madam L., you awaken your four-poster bed before dawn, refreshed in a city still asleep. You head out the back entrance of the Green Ferry, veil covering your face, walking through back alleys further into the courts of opulence. The abyss and spire looms in the distance, backlit by the slowly rising sun, as you hail a carriage to a small disused cemetery, ancient even compared to the buildings that have stood by it for centuries. In the back of said cemetery, you enter a slightly crumbling, ornate mausoleum, its eternal stone emblazoned with the crest of your family, a black hawk. Once inside, you light a torch and press a hidden stone switch, handing off your torch to your unseen servant as the stone slab in front of you slides aside, a now long-forgotten ancestor having performed their duty of guarding this passage admirably. The simple stone passage is short, connecting to the catacombs that run under the heart of the city through which your journey is long and winding, but this has never bothered you. You take it as you always have, calmly and deliberately, running your hand along the smooth marble walls as your cane taps a steady rhythm, a sharp counterpoint to the silence of stone. Seeing anyone else in the catacombs is rare, but every now and again the faintest flicker of another torch can be seen, quickly rushing along its way. You reach the end of your journey, touching another panel that is flush with the wall, and open a door to the family crypt a decadent affair that speaks to the generational wealth of your family. You ascend a narrow staircase, going past another floor of elves long dead, finally reaching the surface vaults where a sliver of daylight peeks under the wooden door, just enough light to see by. Your servant extinguishes your torch at a small signal from you as you reach to light a candle in the front of a vault near the door. Its flickering flame illuminates a name and graven image, familiar to you as your own, Lyra mother. So, you open the door, and daylight streams into the musty mausoleum, which overlooks a massive estate. There are tall, ornate hedges with dark green leaves, some sort of strange thorn flowers in a sort of garden around this mausoleum, uh, stone pathways leading past dark, clear pools of water, and you just sort of wind your way through these paths toward an opulent mansion, entering through a side door into a kitchen. Sitting at the kitchen counter is Renetta, your younger sister, a high elf with a single horn and blood red eye on her left side. And, well, as you know, she's 
about 21, so for a high elf, like, a teenager. And she's just sitting there in her pajamas, you know, having an early breakfast, maybe some oatmeal and eggs. And uh, Dorothea is there as well, the maid. And she seems to be preparing to make lunch. You know, she's got a stock going, and perhaps she's making some sort of soup. She's got dough that's rising, that sort of deal. And Rin turns as you come through her door and goes, Oh, hey, Al. Uh, where you been? And Dorothea looks your way and goes, Luella, you really should eat more when you're away. You're looking a bit peaked. Oh, Dory, you know me. I just, I just get so caught up in when I'm away on the business trips and such. How long has it been, Ren? Far, far too long, sister. Uh, weeks, months, maybe? You're not really around anymore, it seems. Just like father. And she kind of has a strained smile when she says that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, big oof. And she goes back to eating her oatmeal. Oh, man, that, that hit me even. Did <laughs> I make her enough of a teen by saying big oof? <laughs> big oof. Anyway. <laughs> I, I suppose Madame Elle is kind of taken aback and she'll um, kind of sit down and at the dinner table. Or is this is this all taking place like in the kitchen? This is... Yeah, this is the kitchen, so there is, like, the kitchen's pretty big, mm-hmm. and there is a large, like, marble island running between where the stoves are, and then there's pantries on the other side, and, like, a large oven for bread and stuff like that. So, um, I think that Renetta is sort of sitting at the end, closer to the door that you came in by, mm-hmm. and uh, Dory is not much further along, and... She's, you know, prepping food and stuff. Okay. Madame Elle says to Dory, Dory, do you still make the best abyssal omelet? Of course. Of course. Elle, would you like me to go ahead and whip you one up? That would be absolutely fantastic. And Madame Elle will go ahead and kind of sit across from Renetta, uh, kind of stare at her uh, awkwardly, I suppose, that, that kind mm-hmm. of older distant sibling awkwardness um so what do you got there some oatmeal that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's much. what i was thinking <laughs> uh-huh. um well how, how is renetta dressed right now uh she is still in like a nightgown like it seems like she got up basically you know shortly after the sun rose and immediately came down for breakfast okay growing teen and all that and can you tell me how so Renetta is part tiefling, um, mm-hmm. due to the the horn signified by the like the horn on her head and like yeah. you've told me that that's that's fairly common in Helvetir, yeah. Yeah, especially um, with higher ups and nobles and whatnot, is that tieflings and for that matter Asimar as well can sort of come about through interacting with these forces like the celestial and infernal and what have you, Mm -hmm. or it can just be something where it's like your standard fancy way of, Oh, well, grand peppy fucked a demon. And then, (laughs) uh, Oh, grand peppy. My pop up was a half demon. And I'm just a tiefling. It was, it something that Renetta would be ashamed of. Uh, no, 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 
it's definitely like worn as a mark of pride, especially in Helveteer. It's like, oh yeah, well, sure, you got you know horns and red skin and all that, and you did a bunch of warlock shit, but I'm so cool, or more realistically, my family is so cool that I just sort of okay. Am. I see. Uh, this is not a case of her dealing with dark forces and slowly becoming one of them kind of thing, which is definitely a thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. It's more likely that because Pop Pop uh, likes to fuck around with demons and make, or sorry, devils and make deals with them and things that um, I I guess magically his sperm got all fucky. I don't know. <laughs> it's Bill Gates. Bill Gates put Bill Gates a got demon... him with the demon juice, and <laughs> now he's having weird little demon kitties. Okay, I ask all of that partially because I feel like mm -hmm. it would be kind of the the typical, like, "Hey, kid, how's it going? Looking looking older uh, for Madame El to say, my Ren, your your horn it seems to have grown since the last time I saw you." Oh, I know, right? Used to be a little nubbin. Look how big it is now. <laughs> um, Tell you what, the other girls at school, so jealous. Oh, I am, I am sure. Are you the the talk of the town by now? Well, I guess you could say that. And she kind of blushes a little bit, and then goes back to her oatmeal and goes. Uh, so, out of town business, huh? Yes. Um. Trading and whatnot. I I wouldn't bore you with the details, but it's it's quite thrilling. A lot of interesting characters. And it seems like as soon as she asked that, she sort of tuned out a bit. Mm. Like maybe it, I don't know. Maybe she thinks it's adult stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not a you guys maybe had a better connection when you were younger, but you haven't been around. And well, there's not a lot of positive role models. Yeah. As far as adults go for. Mm hmm But she goes, uh, yeah, cool. Um, well, Erdin wanted to talk to you about something to do with that, I guess. Uh, he's in the, in the study by this time, I assume. Ah, yes. Um, I, I don't suppose that our brother has miraculously become any more pleasant since the last time I've seen him. No, I, uh, you grew up in a different orchard compared to the apple that is him who fell from the tree that is father. Mm. She thinks it over and goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how the saying goes. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I suppose I shouldn't keep him waiting. You know how he gets. And Dory, who's just sort of bustling behind you, just goes, I'll make sure to... Bring your omelet up to uh, the study. Mm. Thank you, Dory. Of course, Luella. And I suppose she'll kind of stand there awkwardly for a moment, uh, hoping to engage her sister mm -hmm. again, but... Uh, nope. She's scrolling through her fantasy sending stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this new app. It's all about uh, mechanical clocks. Oh, mm. all the rage. TikTok, I think it's called. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, I suppose she'll go ahead and... Um... Time to heavily date this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I suppose she'll go ahead and make her way through the house, the mansion, and mm -hmm. uh, to the the study where I assume 
Airden is always in the study, is that right? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, well, as I mangled that saying, he is the apple that fell from the tree that is father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is my, uh, my walk to the study like? Um, quiet. The house has never really been a bustling place. Your father usually is pretty particular about the number of servants and, you know, that they be neither heard nor seen, ideally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is something that obviously you've broken free of and Renetta has as well a bit. So there's not much to be heard. Uh, Maybe when you were much younger... There were more people coming and going. Your father sort of ran the business out of the house. But it seems like, especially recently, uh, since your mother's disappearance slash presumed passing, that he moved out to the offices and he seems to be distancing himself from the house as a whole. Mm. So Airden has kind of taken over that role? Yep, yep. He takes over just sort of running the other ledgers and stuff. I don't know shit about accounting, but sure, it's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'll i go ahead and make my way to the study, and before I enter, I'll mm-hmm. kind of take a breath, and I'll go ahead and, and knock there. Enter. And Luella does enter. And there, sitting behind a massive, ornate desk, is Erden, who more and more starts to look a lot like Father. He has the same long raven black hair, even seems to be maintaining his nails in a similar style, similar style of dress. And he looks up and goes, ah, Luella, you've finally come home. So where have you been? Oh, my, my, Aridan, just always down to business, just like father. Well, yes, I, we haven't received any word from you for, it feels like, Eons, Luella, and we don't know what you're doing, how you're ruining the family image this time. So where have you been? Well, you know how, you know how business is, Airden. It gets a hold of you and you just, you just get consumed by it. Sure, Luella. And how has this business been going? This business that I haven't seen nor heard of. Well, of course you wouldn't see it. It's not here in Helvetir. You understand that Father's network spreads beyond Helvetir, and I've heard nothing of the family name starting any new branch. You would think that it would have a connection to the family, considering what doors our name can open for you. Oh, of course. That's that's certainly what you were taught, Erden, but, but I've found a, a different way, you see. There are just as many doors closed to the family as there are open. I have been flitting about between Elgaliriastead and Kuzuk Alt, facilitating trade between certain entities which lie outside the reach of our wonderful family name. And Erdin looks at you and there's a look of almost disgust on his, on his face and he says, The dwarves? You've been facilitating trade with the dwarves. I'm very glad you're not besmirching our family name, Luella. <laughs> it's fantasy classic, baby. Elves hate dwarves. Uh, Powerful. But of course, Airden, I, 
I wouldn't think of doing such a thing. But rest assured that the the trade I'm facilitating is not anything of a technological or a militaristic nature. It is simply commodities, you see. Things that are cheap in the Thalmeric expanse, but those dwarves up in their flying city just can't get enough of these days. Of course, because if you were trading any sort of technological secret or military information or supplies, we would, of course, have to execute you for treason against the city. Of course. And I couldn't be so lucky, Luella. But I do have good news. You see, since you decided to flounder your way through school and chose not to, we'll say, align with the family business and the way of life, Father has decided that it's time to finally cut ties, we'll say. You were no longer given any sort of access to the funds or anything like that, anything to do with the family. I'm glad you're not using our name, Luella, because then we'd have to crush your business because you are no longer one of us. Anyway, thank you for meeting with me. I believe it's getting close to time for you to go back to your, what was it, trading with dwarves, Luella? Heckin' jeez. <laughs> Jiminy Crimbo. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. Uh, yeah, Luella is, uh, has grown quite pale at that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she even has anything sassy to say. Now, he hasn't summoned any devils or called for guards or anything like that. So this is not a explicitly like, you got to get the fuck out now. Mm-hmm. But it's a, more of a get out of my sight. Mm-hmm. You disgust me. Yeah. Like I said, Erden, you are growing to be more and more like father every day. And then she'll just turn heel and... I don't want to say storm out, but it's kind of probably what she does. Mm-hmm. Maybe slams down that walking stick a bit too hard. Uh-huh. He definitely, after he said his bit, before you even get your part out, mm-hmm. has just went back to looking over his ledgers. It seems like he's in a bit better of a mood, but this did not bother him overly much. There is no love lost between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we'll cut back to Soren. Ah. <laughs> I miss Finny. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we'll get to Finny. I'm sorry, y'all. Everybody loves me. <laughs> What's that? A sad episode? How about another sad episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, What? where are we at? Where are we at, Oz? Soren is currently standing outside the steps leading down to... How the fuck do you say her name? Because I'm looking at the spelling and it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. Is it Eilina? Eilina. Eilina. So Soren is standing at the top of the steps leading down to Eilina's basement laboratory. Eilina, of course, being a student at the University Diabolic, uh, your local magical university. Uh, and she has a small basement dorm slash laboratory. Uh, which is how I'm going to say that from now on because it's such a stupid way to say laboratory. No, it's fucking sick. Keep doing it. 
yeah, you hear what sounds like hurried footsteps back and forth, and there's definitely a crash and then some sort of glass shattering, and everything stops for a second, and then the footsteps keep going. Uh, then I guess I approach the door and uh, do the secret knock. You know the one. Ah, you know the one. <laughs> you do the secret knock, which mm-hmm. sounds very cool and awesome and is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear all the sounds behind the door stop, and then the door opens slightly, like the chain's still on it, and Ialina sort of peeks out from behind the door, and she does not look like she has slept in three days, and based on how her eye is sort of trimmering behind the door, you're pretty sure that she's had an almost lethal amount of coffee. She goes, Oh, you. Are we working on you today? Um, maybe. I have a I have a, a present. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, take this list, take this gold, go get the things on the list with the gold, and we'll get started. Good, good. And she slams the door again. And seconds later, the door pops back open, and she says, Also, I know it says filter, not admixture. People apparently become aroused from drinking dragon's blood, but the filter is cheaper and works for what we need it for, and slams it shut again. Uh, And you hear her rushing around again. Okay, Um, then I guess I take a look at the paper. What's on it? Listed are two things, mm-hmm. a powdered flame skull mm-hmm. and a filter of uh, dragon's blood. Mm-hmm. And then it says next to it, uh, all chromatic. All right. I'm assuming she's definitely done this before, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know so... where to go. Okay. There is a shop that is uh, on university grounds. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where you go because it's closest and their prices aren't terrible. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've just been given the gold for it, so yeah. no skin off your back. Oh, okay. Uh, then I guess I make my way. What's the name of it? What's this place called? The place is called, and you've been here a few times, mm-hmm. Gustav's Great Grimoires. Oh, gosh. Um, And the sign has a two-headed goblin on it with the right head cut off. Okay. Uh, then I make my way. I make my way there. Yeah, you walk through the door, and there's a little tinkle of a bell as you push the door open. I flinch. Uh, And you see the standard, uh, you know, taxidermic goblin splayed hanging from the ceiling. One that's not super great. There's a second head sewn on, and you've seen before, like, it's a thing. Sometimes people just have stuffed goblins hanging from their ceiling, especially those who want to seem more arcane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically two-headed goblins because, you know, the god of knowledge and all that. But this one, it's definitely like they got a goblin, they got a second goblin head, they stitched it to the neck and said, well, that's good enough. That's, goblins are like um, people. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's a bit fucked. Uh, A lot of them are very old. Generally, it is not a current practice. Mm. At least not in polite society. Whether people hunt down other people for, you know, your random arcanist, mm, who knows? It's Helveteer. It's It's Helveteer, baby! (laughs) I don't walk through the center of the store. I probably walk in, immediately turn to the right, and then walk along the wall um, Mm -hmm. to the the front desk. Uh, um... 
good day. Uh, good day. It's weird that you're saying that because there's no one behind the counter. There is, however, a bell on the counter with a sign that says ring for service. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. I guess I look at the bell sort of dubiously and mm -hmm. uh, I reach out and... Right before you touch the bell, mm -hmm. there is a puff of smoke behind the oh, counter. Oh, God, I jump. <laughs> and standing before you, as he has a few times before, is a gator folk wearing a pointed cap and robes covered in stars and moons. Oh, absolutely fuck yes. And he goes, welcome, welcome to Gustav's Great Grimoire. I am Gustav. Oh, you, how are you? What can I get for you? Uh, good, um, good day, uh, Gustav. Um, I require the, uh, following items. And he looks over the list and goes, all right, got some powdered flame skull. And really, that kind of filter, huh? And he looks up at you <laughs> and winks. <laughs> Alakaboo! And he slaps his hands together with the gold in the note and then mm -hmm. holds them out. And one is a small bag with a small, like, label stitched on mm -hmm. that says, you know, flame skull powdered. Mm -hmm. And then a vial that is... Uh, in the shape of a heart, and you mm -hmm. see a mixture in it that is sort of swirling mm -hmm. that uh, kind of looks like an oil slick, and then it sort of radiates between, like, a blue and then a red, and then mm -hmm. there's a bit of white mm -hmm. and then green and then some that's almost black. Mm -hmm. And he goes, right, right. Would you like a bag for this, or will you stow it upon your person? I recommend not carrying the, well... It depends on what your thing is, but I wouldn't carry the filter out uh, where anyone can see it. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Tori doesn't know what to do with uh, this sexual lizard. Sure, sure, yeah. A bag, I see a bag, you are please. amazed by my powerful map. Oh, a bag, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, thank you. whips out a sack mm -hmm. that is just slightly larger, drops them both in and goes, well, there you go. Is there any way Gustav can be of service to you? A receipt, please. Of course, of course. Shablow! And there <laughs> is a receipt. And then you realize that it's just the list that you wrote, but with a check mark next to each of them and then Gustav's signature. Um, okay, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, much... Appreciate it. Um, uh, looking good, Gustav. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. And he does a very deep bow, like mm -hmm. arms outspread, mm -hmm. and then goes, Just, uh, ring the bell if you need old Gustav. And <laughs> disappears what? in a puff of smoke again. <laughs> um, I look around, like, nervously because I find Gustav to be extremely threatening. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's very threatening and very sexual. <laughs> I'm aware! What a sexual lizard. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just, like, look around, like, and, and, and leave. Like, maybe I, like, back, like, walk backwards towards the door, like, <laughs> looking back and forth. Like, I expect him to pop out at any point. Mm -hmm. As you're backing up, as soon as you get close to where you know the door is, you hear a... 
and he says, let Gustav get that door for you. <gasps> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I like basically, I like run out of here. <laughs> cool. We are going to go ahead and cut back to L. Do I get my own sexual lizard? Uh, I don't think there's any room for a sexual lizard in this one. <laughs> Unless the butler is a sexual lizard. Ooh. Hmm. So we cut back to Madame L approaching the guest house, a place that you used to call home. Um, it's where you reside with your mother. It's kind of further off on the grounds and definitely a lot smaller than the mansion, but it was it was nice. You walk in and like the house was, it's silent, but still clean. Uh, there's no dust. It seems like whatever is being used to clean or whoever or whatever has been out here and kept things as they were. Okay, maybe I think she'll enter in through the front door into, it sounds like, kind mm -hmm. of the foyer area. Um, mm -hmm. And she, even even with Erdin, she seemed to kind of keep her composure. But as she enters that, that mm -hmm. house and into the door, like, she'll kind of pause for a minute and, like, kind of stare out into the hallway. And you know when somebody just, like, loses it and just kind of, like, slings shit across the room. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think she kind of does that too. Like the, probably like there's a cute little entryway table and she just kind of like just flings all the shit ac across the hallway out of anger and frustration. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that immediately after you do that, you see, well, you know that it's your unseen servant because you can kind of see an after image of where it is. Uh, just starts cleaning up again. Mm -hmm. That's just sort of how it's programmed. Yeah. And after you've sort of had a, a little bit of a, a breakdown there, you hear a creak from up the stairs and then footsteps and just sort of based on what you can hear, it seems like it started at the top of the stairs and then headed to the left towards your mother's room? Madame L would kind of gain her composure like it seems like she's so good at doing. And Dory, is, is that you? There is no response other than the slight creak of hinges as a door opens somewhere up above. Mm. She'll kind of grasp her cane and get it ready to draw, but she'll go ahead and walk up the stairs. You head up the stairs and presumably head towards the disruption or noise. And you see that the door to your mother's room is slightly open. Whether it was like that before you came into the house or whether that was the source of the noise you heard is unknown. But you hear what sounds like a further disturbance in her room. Uh, it sounds a bit like stuff's being tossed around. She'll go ahead and kind of slowly walk to the door and peek her head in. And you see some of your mother's effects just floating into the air. And then smashing into a wall. Or 
being tossed into the fireplace. Her bottle of perfume launches from the vanity that is by her window and smashes into the fireplace. And then the sheets sort of get tossed off the bed. And finally, a pin lifts up from uh, her writing desk and launches toward a painting above the fireplace and punches a hole in it. And you'd think, well, normally that pin would, you know, maybe go through the canvas of the painting and then stop. But the pin went through and disappeared. Hmm. He- hello? And there's no response, but you feel almost like someone just touched your cheek and a gentle sort of caress. Uh... What is the painting of? Some sort of nature scene, like a a small lake close to sunset, and, you know, it's got some nice reds and oranges uh, masterfully painted, reflecting off the water. Uh, and there's, like, you know, a small bench by a tree, just a nice little nature scene. Uh, perhaps it was of somewhere of importance to your mother, or, you know, maybe you're... Your pa just thought it'd look nice over the fireplace. Mm. Maybe it was a place of importance to them. Yeah, she'll go ahead and enter this room, which now probably smells very strongly of her mother's perfume. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we should investigate that painting. Hell yeah. Give me an investigation check. That is 19 plus 1 is 20. Very good. So you sort of prod at this hole in the painting and much like the pin your finger goes right through and so you feel around a bit and it seems like the frame of the painting is pretty firmly attached to the wall but after a bit of looking maybe down at the perfume bottle and then up the flue of the chimney you see that there is a small handle And so, you know, you sort of reach out and give it a little tug, and it pulls slightly and then clicks. And after that, you reach back up and push the paying a little, like from side to side, and Mm -hmm. it is now free moving. And you move the paying to the side, and behind is a loot, some sort of small journal, and some loose sheaths of paper that when you look a little bit closer, look like sheet music. Mm. And you recognize the loot, of course. Okay. Because it's your mother's. Something that you thought maybe she took with her. Maybe it was gotten rid of by your father. Regardless, when she disappeared, so did the loot. Mm. That's probably kind of bittersweet because I've, I feel like that's something that would be like a, a holdout of whether or not she had just disappeared or if she's uh, still alive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Madame L or Luella or whatever I'm going to call her now. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I guess in this instance, she's very much Luella and she'll kind of pull out the loot from that. Is it like a vault? Yeah, you can clearly see where the chimney runs behind this hollow section of the wall. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's a fairly spacious chamber. I mean, large enough to store a loot sitting upright. Yeah. As well as 
the other accouchement around it. She'll pull out the lute and kind of hold it very carefully. I don't think she really has held any kind of musical instrument. And as you're holding it, uh, presumably in the way that one would hold a lute, i.e. you feel a slight pressure on the fretboard and then the strings are strummed. And it is a chord. And then there is nothing. Well, shit. Trying to decide what what Madame L would do. Uh, sit in this house and cry for 20 years? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, though, yeah. I think as the scene draws to a close, we'll see Madame L collapsed alone on the floor, holding this loot in the middle of her mother's room. So we cut back to Soren. Mm-hmm. You were standing in Ialina's basement, and Ialina, you know, hair just sort of in a messy bun, goggles askew on her forehead, is just mm-hmm. sort of rushing back and forth between what looks like three or four different projects and mm-hmm. doing a bit here and then doing a bit there and then going over to her cup of coffee and just slugging back like half a cup and then going back to what she's doing (laughs) and you reckon this has probably been her creating process for the past day or so Mm -hmm. and whenever you had came back and knocked on the door it Mm -hmm. was just sort of open Mm -hmm. you've been standing there for a good two or three minutes and she has not looked up from whatever the hell she's doing Mm -hmm. and then while she's looking down over some notes just seems to be rushing uh, straight on for you mm-hmm. and sort of bumps into your chest and goes, oh, you're back. Uh, cool. So you want to follow me down to the sub-basement and we can get this thing going? You got the stuff or what's up? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Lady Whitlock. Um, uh, I acquired the items uh, you requested and I have uh, a gift and something else of interest. Cool, cool, cool. You can show me that after. Let's get down there. Come on. Hurry, go, 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 go. And she opens up a trap door leading to a ladder in this sort of, um, like, dingy earthen hallway. She says, Mm -hmm. okay, you first. Gotta lock this thing up after me. Come on. Uh, Go, 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 go. Of course. Yes. uh, Yes, lady. Um, I I guess I'm like, she's freaking me out (laughs) because she's so, I don't know, she's a lot. So I guess I'm, like, trying to hurry down the stairs, um, keep my eyes out. As per always, I guess I climbed down the ladder. Cool. As you get to the bottom, you hear another minor crash and then a <laughs> like something just caught on fire. And she goes, no, 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 that's not supposed to do that. That's not supposed to do that. That's not supposed to do that. And then there's just sort of a <laughs> and she's like, OK, that's taken care of. Good, 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 good. Need this, this, this and this. And you see her jump over the hole about three different times. <laughs> presumably gathering stuff because each time mm-hmm. she goes past there's more stuff in her arms she goes mm-hmm. all right cool let's go and she jumps down the hole and the door swings shut of its own accord and you hear mm-hmm. what sounds like a bar going across it she goes all right follow me follow me follow me um yes yes lady and she leads you to a place you've been before uh through this sort of winding almost 
warren of a tunnel uh, to a metal operating table with a large machine next to it that has a couple different chambers and some pumps and, you know, a couple different glass tubes going here and there and fun little swirly designs and what have you. Mm-hmm. All of it ending up with a thick cord attached to what looks like an overly large pin. Mm-hmm. She goes, all right, cool. Give me this stuff. Lay down. And you want anything for this? Because it's going to hurt. Um, no, thank you. All right. Well, we don't need this. And she tosses a bottle behind her back and it just sort of shatters against the wall. Mm-hmm. I guess this whole time I'm like, while she's like ushering me through, um, mm-hmm. I have like this little paper bag like clutched so tightly in both of my hands. There's like sweaty handprints on both sides of it. I'm like holding mm-hmm. onto this thing for like any sense of stability. I guess I just sort of thrust it at her before I lie down. And she goes, oh, right. The stuff. Cool, cool, cool. And she takes and up ends the the bag of powder, which mm-hmm. is just sort of this vaguely luminescent green powder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a whiff of does bone smell like things? Absolutely. You get a whiff of bone, and then she pops the top on the bottle with the liquid in it, the filter of dragon's blood, and she mm-hmm. goes, Ooh, Yep, that's the real stuff. She takes a little sip and goes, Nope, don't see what people see in that. Anyway, pours it into this uh, large metal cup she has, and then grabs a smaller cup and flips it upside down on top of it. Slaps it, shakes it up. Like a fucking martini? Absolutely. <laughs> and then pours it into three different vials uh, on the side of the machine. And you see it launch through these vials into one of the larger chambers. And something swirls it up, goes through another vial into another chamber. And flames blast out from the sides in this chamber onto the mixture. And then finally it goes towards the tube attached to the back of this oversized pin, she goes, all right, so uh, what are you thinking this time? Um, what? The the picture. What picture? What do you want? Um, whatever. Cool, so it's up to me. Good. Flaming school, third eye. Got it. Oh. Lay down, try to relax. Oh. And she clicks a button on the side of this pin, and you hear this loud buzzing noise that you've heard before. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, yeah, um, the the clothes, the shirt, that's going to have to come off. Okay. Um, I guess I do. I, like, kind of try to fold it up neatly and set it on the ground. Yeah, yeah, fold it up nice. Whatever. Lay down. Uh, uh, yes. And she gets to work on your back left shoulder. And at first it feels, well, kind of like a tattoo feels, which is, you know, just some some general stinging. And then... The magic kicks in. The magic that you've dealt with before. And your whole body simultaneously feels like it is on fire, and then that it's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you're coming down with a fever, mm-hmm. as if you've been poisoned. And then you feel like that section of skin is melting. And then, all of a sudden, everything glows. Well, everything that's magical, that is, including yourself, 
and multiple things that Ialina is wearing, including her goggles. And then, after what feels like an eternity of pain, it stops. And she goes, okay, cool, done. That looks sick. So, uh, let me know what it does. Make sure to get detailed notes. And yeah, so what was this about a present? Uh, it... And you see that there is a second coffee pot down here, and she pours herself another cup of coffee. Yes, um, Lady Whitlock, um, just a moment, um. Soren, Soren, it's Ialina. I, oh, yeah, Ialina, um, just a moment, uh, please. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to put my shirt back on and get my myself situated. Mm-hmm. Um. She taps uh, her foot impatiently as she chugs another half cup of coffee. Uh, here, uh, and I pull out the notes I took from Lavinia's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the like documentation that I took and pass those over to her. Um, is this something you can work with? She looks it over and then flips to see if there's any notes on the backside, and then looks it over again and goes, "This the whole thing?" I believe so. Yes. Hmm. There was also um. Uh, and I guess I reach into my bag or whatever. It's probably sitting on the floor. Reach into it and uh, pull out the little vial of residual goo from the... Skulk? Yes. The skulk. From the skulk. She looks over the notes once again and then just sort of goes, mm-hmm. Folds it up about seven different times and just sort of shoves it behind her ear. Mm-hmm. And goes, all right, cool, 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 cool. What's this? What's this? What's this? Pops the cap on it. And goes, hmm, smells like Shadowfell. Oh, yep, that's Skulk Juice. Where'd you get Skulk Juice in Helveteer? Ooh, I like you, Soren. I like you. Always bring me good things. You're welcome. Should I expect, uh, and I kind of, like, look at my shoulder, um, any side effects or similar, similar to last time? Oh, it's going to feel weird for a little bit. Also, um, use this ointment, and she reaches behind this massive machine and pulls out a small tub with a, uh, like, cork topper in it. Goes, rub that on there two, no, three times a day. Uh, you know, try and keep it clean. Also, if it starts talking, don't listen to it. Okay. Oh, and, uh, notes. What notes? All about it. Oh, okay. Uh, of course. Um, Lady... Eileen. Um... Hey, there we go. That's my buddy. It's my buddy Soren. Okay, time to go. I got uh, yes. work to do. Go, of go, course. go, go, go. And she snaps, and you hear the lock slide to the side, and the trapdoor opens itself up again. Okay, I leave. And before you're even out the door, she is no longer paying attention to you. She's back to what she was doing. Okay. As you look back one last time as the door is closing, you see her rushing somewhere in her rooms holding a large syringe filled with a glowing green fluid. And she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. This will work good. <laughs> Hi, everyone. See here. And Bug. Thanks for listening. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at All Necromancers for art, music, and details on the show. 
If you're looking for a way to support us other than following us on social media or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, well, I'm releasing all of the music I've written for the podcast on my Bandcamp. You can find a link to that on our links page at bit.ly slash allnecromancers. We'll be back next week for my Sweet Finney's Level Up episode. After that, we're going to be taking a one-week break before we embark upon a brief departure from our campaign in Tethmere. Ooh, how enticing. We'll have more details next week. See you then.